The Vikings hired Brian Flores. The Super Bowl is this weekend, and Aaron Rodgers is still a goof. Uh, let's get into all of that and more with our expert at TalkNorth.com, Jeff Diamond, former Vikings general manager, former president of the Tennessee Titans, when they almost won a Super Bowl. This is Jeff Diamond's Vikings and NFL Insider. Uh, our producer is Brandon Morton. We recommend subscribing to your favorite podcast app to any any show you like at the network. It's the easiest way to listen. It is also absolutely free. Thank you to our sponsors, White Bear Lake Superstore and Platinum Bank. All right, Jeff, before we get to all the NFL news, the Super Bowl and everything else, the Vikings did hire Brian Flores. I thought that was the way to go all along. What did you think of the hire and what did you think of the hiring process? It definitely had to be frustrating for Kevin O'Connell to be forced to wait so long to get this done. And Usually when you're hiring a, a coordinator, it's within a week or two after after the regular season. And so it's very unusual, unless you're picking a coordinator off a of Super Bowl staff, but even then it's pretty well documented that you know who you're getting and it's, it's set up. So this was a really strange process because Flores was interviewing at Arizona and because the the guy from Denver, Avero, was, was also uh, – talking with with teams about head coaching jobs and he ends up going to to Carolina. I I thought that the Brian Flores hire is is really solid and I think he was the best guy available. I think he's a better candidate than Avero was who had only one year of experience as, as a defensive coordinator compared to Flores who has much greater experience. He ran the defense, called the defenses even in New England for a while with Belichick uh, in, in a Super Bowl season. And then, of course, he ran the defense in Miami that, that was still effective and had two winning seasons his last two years before he's wrongfully hired or fired by by Stephen Ross, a bad owner. So I, I think that Brian Flores is, is a, a really solid, good hire for Kevin O'Connell for the Vikings. He's going to be more aggressive. We know that. His last year in Miami, they blitzed the third most in the league. And I think that's what O'Connell's looking for. So I think he got his guy, and, and he runs three, four defenses that he wants. And But yet he still mixes things up, mixes up coverages, does other things. The, the Donatel defense was just too vanilla. It was too sit back and too deep and too deep safeties and – give up a ton of yards underneath and it just was too easy. And I think it's going to be a lot more difficult now in the new scheme. And so I'm excited about Brian Flores. I think he will bring a lot. I think he's a reputation is a fairly tough coach. And I think they need that. I think they need some tough coaching uh, on defense. And so I think the interesting thing to happen now will be over the next month or so, leading up to March 15th, the start of the league year, what's going to happen with the defensive players and with his input on guys like Dalvin Tomlinson, who I think they need back, Daniil Hunter's situation, Zadarius Smith is an interesting guy with a double-digit, over $10 million cap number and really disappeared over the last half of the season, more or less. And what's going to be the deal with him? Eric Kendricks, can they get him to play 
back to his Pro Bowl form. I think they're going to release Jordan Hicks. Uh, Harrison Smith's situation probably be a restructure. And then getting, I think the key is to get those young corners healthy and playing well. I, I was a little apprehensive all along about Andrew Booth Jr. with his injury background, and of course it panned out that way. Can they keep him healthy? We saw some good things from a Caleb Evans. He should be better. And then, of course, Lewis Seen as the first-round safety. I think he's got more potential than Cam Bynum. they got to get him healthy and up to speed and comfortable on the defenses. So it, it's a big task ahead, but certainly – where they're coming from, it's all, it should all be an uphill climb for them. And, and it should be, you can't get much worse. Let's put it that way. <laughs> and so I, I think that Brian Flores comes into a good situation where there's a lot of upside, a lot of potential on that defense. And then they need to add some more pieces in the draft. And I certainly expect with a 24th pick, it'll be a corner and then create more competition at corner and get better there. Patrick Peterson's another guy they got to figure out what to do with. And he did not finish well in the playoff game against the Giants, gave up a lot of catches. So what what is his future? I still think Patrick Peterson could be a, a pretty good player, but he probably shouldn't be your number one corner. <laughs> and so there's a lot of a lot of things to, to happen ahead. But I think it's a good hire. I think Brian Flores. Is, is the guy that was the best for the job. I agree with you. A lot of meat on that bone, man. So many things to get to. Number one, uh, yes, they needed a new defensive coordinator, but they also need more speed. And I think it's going to be a really fascinating transformation here. Uh, they have seen, you know, because seen and Booth are going to be kind of like deferred high draft choices. And, and it's, as you said, they have a 24th pick in this draft. Uh, they're probably going to use at least one of their first two picks on defense, if not both of the first two picks on defense. And so you might be adding Seen, Booth, you know, you already have Evans. Brian Asamoah, I think, is going to be a, a big part of the new defense, uh, and they need his kind of speed. So, you know, you might end up with a, a defense with five new, you know, five new starters next year. Yeah, I think there's a really good chance that is going to happen. And as you said, I think speed is really important. And, and, and I think depth is important. I think we see that with that Eagles defense, especially. Mm-hmm. When you look at that defensive line and, and they go 8 to 10 deep on that defensive line, which is going to be a big part of the, of the game on, on Sunday, their ability to, to pressure Patrick Mahomes with such a deep group of pass rushers. They've got, whatever, four guys with double-digit sacks led by Hassan Reddick. And I think that's the kind of formula that you need in this league. You can't let quarterbacks sit back there and have all day to throw and pick you apart. And that's what basically happened last year in a lot of instances and certainly in the playoff game against the Giants. And, and then you also can't let those quarterbacks out free to run in this day and age when you've got guys like Justin Fields in your own division. You may have Jordan Love, who, who's a mobile quarterback in Green Bay, if if Aaron Rodgers is traded and then you add guys like Jalen Hurts around the league and Lamar Jackson and whoever. So even Mahomes when he's healthy and, and the Vikings, by the way, are going to face both of the Super Bowl teams next year. <laughs> so I think it's Kansas city here and Philadelphia there. 
Now oh, good. You, get to go back to Philadelphia. That will be great. But it's going to be fun. It's going to be a fun schedule next year. If they get to 13 wins again, that would be something. Yeah, no doubt about it. Uh, so should Brian Flores keep the 3-4, and will he keep the 3-4? What do you think? I think he will keep the 3-4 as, as the base defense. I think that's what he's always run, whether it was in New England with Belichick or in Miami. And I, and I think that's what O'Connell wants. I think they just have to get the players to play better and be more comfortable in the scheme. I think it took Daniil Hunter half the season, really, before he, he was feeling comfortable. And even in that case, when Donatel would, sit, would put him in coverage a couple of times, that was ridiculous. There, there's no need to put Daniil Hunter in coverage ever. No, no. <laughs> keep, him, keep him rushing the passer. So I think it will be a 3-4. I, as I said, that's what O'Connell wants. That's what Flores has run. And, yeah, you would you would think perhaps their talent is more conducive to a 4-3, but I don't think that's what's going to happen, especially when you look at Eric Kendricks. I think he was a better 4-3 than a 3-4, but he'll be in his second year in that type of defense, and, and the hope will be that he will be more effective. I was just going to ask about Kendricks. He just didn't look – as quick or instinctive in this defense, um, did you think that was him falling off a little bit, or did you think it was scheme? I think it was more scheme. I think he, he's a he's still a talented guy, and 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 we could see him flash on occasion, but I, I just don't think he was ever as comfortable as he was in a four three, and after playing it his his entire career, and so that's going to be a challenge for for Eric. If indeed they they keep him at a whatever ten ten million dollar or so cap number, which I think he is still should be kept, they just have to have to coach him up a little bit better, and and he just has to play a little bit better, and as you said, be more instinctive like he always was, where when he was a an All Pro linebacker, Pro Bowl linebacker, and one of the best guys in in pass defense. At, at the linebacker spot, which is what you need in this day and age. It's going to be fascinating because they have Harrison Smith, Eric Kendricks, Patrick Peterson. Uh, we're talking about, and, and I, you know, I think, I think they're definitely keeping Daniel Hunters and Eric Smith. I think they're keeping him too. But, but Peterson, Smith, and Kendricks, that's three great players uh, who just, you know, who got beat sometimes playing for Donatel. And do you have a of those three? How do you prioritize them? Do you try, just try to keep them all, bring them all back, or or do some have a are some higher on the pecking order than others for you? Well, I would think that that Harrison Smith, he still had whatever five interceptions and made made a bunch of big plays. I, he he's probably he and Kendricks, I think, would be ahead of of, of Peterson in that pecking order in terms of especially speed wise. That uh, Patrick, he's still an instinctive player, and you think back to the Buffalo game, the two interceptions that were instrumental in that win, including the game clinching interception at the end. I think they're all keepers, but at the right price uh, for Peterson as a now whatever 30, 30, 32, 33 year old corner. He was probably he'd probably be third on that list for me, and. Harrison Smith, yeah, he's got some age too, but they just extended him last year. He'd have a, a greater dead money hit 
I would think. And so, yeah, I think there's certainly a lot of challenges ahead for, for O'Connell and, and for, for Quasi uh, Adolfo Menza to figure out the cap and figure out who's the keeper and who's not. And I mentioned Dalvin Tomlinson. He's kind of under the radar, but a really important guy in that defense. He had, had one of the best pass rushing rates of pressures among interior defensive linemen in the league. That's important. And he's, and he's a pretty good run stopper and he's 325 pounds, not too old. So, so maybe you prioritize him perhaps over a Harrison Phillips. We'll see. I think, I think they can probably keep both those guys and try to do that. But there's, there's a lot, a lot of um, hoops to jump through for this team. And of course it's going to start with the salary cap move on Kirk cousins and getting his contract down and then figuring out Jefferson's deal. Those are the big situations to cover on offense and then the defense with, with Flores input and figure out what they're going to do there. So I, I think this team, it's obviously there's a lot of talent. And as you said, I think the good news is they've got basically the, the entire draft class coming back that hardly contributed last year. So if they get those guys healthy and get another good draft class, that defense could look dramatically different. And maybe they will let go of a couple of those veteran guys that are, that are very costly, or they might just keep them and follow the Philly formula, which, which Howie Roseman has worked to perfection, which is keep doing voidable contracts, keep spreading these deals out. They had $62 million in dead money two years ago after they, after they traded Carson Wentz. And here they are in the Super Bowl two years later, and they still got $29 million on, on the de- in dead money coming next year before they make a bunch of cuts. And, the, and they've got 20 or so free agents, including a bunch of key guys. But they find a way to keep it together by doing restructures, by doing voidable deals. Yeah, that can come home to roost at some point. And, and Howie has said, hey, I'll, I'll take one horrible season if I can make the playoffs four out of five years and go to a Super Bowl and win it (laughs) well that may come to roost for him in a year or two but right now the Eagles are certainly flying high and a lot of that's because of the way that Howie Roseman has managed the cap and believe me teams around the league are, are watching that and seeing that and and figuring hey we can try to to do that too there may be some pain down the road but a lot of these GMs are thinking, hey, let's win now because that's better for job security. <laughs> well, no doubt about it. And how he might end up winning two out of, what, five or six Super Bowls. Uh, that hey, he's, 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 really, he's really good. Uh, he's done a great job there. Uh, let's get to the actual game and some league news. Uh, we'll get to Aaron Rodgers and maybe Sean Payton. First, though, we do want to thank our friends at White Bear Lake Superstore, whitebearlakesuperstore.com. Yeah, thanks, Jim. Always excited to talk about the White Bear Lake Superstore Buick GMC. And my great friend, the owner, Paul Rubin, his general manager, Charlie Guttrell, and their fantastic staff, Minnesota's number one volume Buick GMC dealer, six years running with the best selection and their super friendly premium team. Check out their great website, whitebearlakesuperstore.com, and you'll see 2.9% APR on all GMC Sierra 1500s. 3.9% 3.9% APR on Buick SUV models and 3.9% APR plus a $750 purchase allowance on GMC terrains 
and no monthly payments for 90 days on all these great vehicles. The Wiper Lake Superstore also is the Quigley 4x4 Van Superstore. They are a certified elite dealer. Only 7% of dealers make the cut. So visit in person at 3900 Highway 61 North in Wiper Lake or online at wiperlakesuperstore.com for all your vehicle needs and the premium experience. Buick GMC, we are professional grade. Thanks also to Platinum Bank. Platinum Bank, our great sponsor, is your bank a partner or simply a provider. In today's environment, businesses and individuals need a bank that can move quickly and act creatively. Platinum Bank understands the Twin Cities market, partnering with clients to overcome the challenges, capitalize on opportunities, and helping Twin Cities executives to grow grow their businesses. Platinum Bank's financial products are tailored to meet the unique needs of your organization and solve your problems, not create them. I am a very happy Platinum Bank client and account holder and have personally experienced tremendous customer service working with Executive Vice President Nate Erfer and VP Drew Lynch. To learn how Platinum Bank can be an asset to your business, visit www.platinumbankmn.com. Platinum Bank, providing a means to a dream. First Super Bowl ever with two black starting quarterbacks. It will not be the last, uh, and both are fascinating. Patrick Mahomes, to me, already one of the great quarterbacks of all time. Jalen Hurts, a second-round draft pick who was considered a running quarterback, who has now become a dynamic two-way quarterback. Uh, Really two of the top MVP candidates. Uh, Andy Reid, offensive genius against the Eagles, and just a great depth of talent. How do you see this game? What jumps out at you? Well, I think what jumps out, first of all, you got the the two dynamic quarterbacks, the two top MVP candidates in Patrick Mahomes and Jalen Hurts. They're going to obviously have a big impact on this game, especially, I think, with Hurts' running ability and the concern about Mahomes' ankle and and how mobile will he be. He claims it's, it's much better, but all he needs is one little tweak, and those high ankle strains are tough to get over. So... The other thing that really impresses me about these both these teams that they're solid in the trenches, and we talked about that last week in terms of something for other teams to emulate, such as the Vikings. They they both have have very good offensive lines, especially the Eagles, probably the best offensive line in the league. The pass rushing ability of the Eagles, I think, is is what kind of separates things and the Eagles' offensive line in terms of their ability to, to lead for the running game as as we kind of already discussed about Howie Roseman and the Eagles they were able to overcome all this dead money and a big part of the reason was because almost all of their moves panned out except for one Jim <laughs> and that was of course drafting Jalen Rager over Justin Jefferson yep that was a big mistake by Howie but he overcame it when he was able to trade a, a first and a third round pick to the Titans and steal A.J. Brown, who is a all-pro, I think second-team all-pro receiver, Pro Bowl receiver, almost 1,500 yards this year. And, and they drafted Devontae Smith in the first round. Were able to, to trade up and, and use the pick from, from the Wentz deal to be able to, to move up and get Devontae Smith and also use some of their picks for the A.J. Brown trade. So, the way that, that Howie has maneuvered the cap and maneuvered trades and really a steal of a free agent signing in Hassan Reddick for $15 million a year, uh, 
on a guy whose market value is probably another 12 million or so, 27 million. That's really impressive. And then you talk about the Chiefs and how they've managed the cap and and managed their roster with with Brett Veach, the GM, and and Andy Reid, of course, very instrumental there. The the trade of Tyreek Hill, people thought, well, they're going to go downhill. They're going to lose such a dynamic player. And here they are. They they went one step further without Tyreek Hill this year because they were able to sign some quality guys in free agency. Uh, Juju Smith-Schuster, Marquez Valdez-Scantling we saw at Green Bay, and he had hurt the Vikings for many years. They draft Sky Moore in the second round. They use the picks from the from the Tyreek Hill trade to, to tr- trade up and get a really good cor- corner in Trent, Mc- Trent McDuffie. And what a lot of people also don't understand is the money that they saved on Hill, who gets extended for $30 million a year, was really needed for Mahomes because his cap number went up from from $7 million to to thirty-five million this year. So <clears throat> that's what's also fascinating about this game. Is it's almost polar opposites in how you build a team, uh, a winning team around a quarterback, because the Chiefs are building around an expensive quarterback, so they have to have less expensive players at other spots, and they pick their spots. They have a, a highly priced defensive tackle and Chris Jones is one of the best in the league. They've got the best tight end in the league, Travis Kelsey, who's getting paid. And they have less expensive receivers. They got less. They got a seventh round running back making nine hundred and fifty thousand bucks. <laughs> and uh, another lesson for the Vikings as they ponder what to do with Dalvin Cook. <laughs> and so, I think, as opposed to the Eagles, who have followed kind of the the Seattle formula to have a cheap quarterback on his rookie deal, as as the Seahawks were able to prosper under. Russell Wilson's rookie deal and, and build a great defense. That's exactly what Philadelphia has done with, with Jalen Hurts in his rookie deal, who's making 1.6 million bucks this year. Now he's going to get extended in the next probably 12 months, but you can still on, on an extension in the first year or two, you can build a big signing bonus in and keep the salary cap number down. So Philly will still be fine. They'll figure it out and they're going to be tough to beat in the future especially with Jalen Hurts at quarterback, but he's going to cost them probably another 40 to $45 million a year deal. I think, as I said, both these teams solid in the trenches. I think it's going to be a very entertaining game. You got the Kelsey brothers, you got, they got their mom at the Super Bowl. <laughs> it, it's going to be a fun game. Andy Reid against his former team. I, I'm, I'm actually excited about the game even though I had picked Buffalo and San Francisco, but what are you going to do? <laughs> yeah, picks are just for fun. Nobody knows. You know, Every week, if you watch the pregame shows on the NFL, you see Hall of Fame players, Hall of Fame coaches do their picks, and they're wrong just as much as everybody else. Nobody knows. The whole point of sports is we don't know what's going to happen. If we knew what was going to happen, we wouldn't care. Uh, so unpredictability is always a great thing. Uh, you know what? We were going to talk. We might get to Rodgers. We might get to Sean Payton in the league news. But what I'm really interested in this week, uh, because those things we have plenty of time to talk about in the offseason, is you took a team to the Super Bowl. Uh, you went, you know, sometimes you went to the Super Bowl as a team executive who wasn't involved. You also were president of the Tennessee Titans when they came this close to winning a Super Bowl. What was the, that week like? Is it difficult? Is it fun? Uh, you know, what is the experience for an executive? Yeah, it was a, just a 
such an exciting experience uh, with with the the Titan Super Bowl in two thousand and and the way it all unfolded and and of course I I had been to a Super Bowl in my very first year with the Vikings which was the last Viking Super Bowl mm-hmm. way back in the seventies too many years ago and so I had waited twenty twenty two years to get back to a Super Bowl and after the after our fifteen and one season in ninety eight. And then getting beat in the NFC Championship in that heartbreaker against Atlanta, I, I didn't know when I'd get back. And I go to I go to Tennessee. My contract was up here in Minnesota. I had an offer from the Titans that was too good to turn down to be a president. And so I end up in Tennessee. And and that year we start out the season. We go one and three in preseason. And then Steve McNair, our starting quarterback, is hurt in week one, and he's going to be out for five weeks. And I'm thinking, whoa. <laughs> This could be really rough. Now, fortunately, we had a, a, a good veteran backup quarterback in Neil O'Donnell. He went four and one during that five-game stretch. McNair came back. We end up 13-3, and three, have the Music City Miracle win over Buffalo on the crazy kickoff return. Uh, and then we beat Peyton Manning in Indianapolis. We beat Jacksonville for the third time in Jacksonville. And it, it was really an amazing experience. And but it was it, it all happened so fast because in that particular year there was only there was not the two week break before the Super Bowl we only had one week, so we actually had to do all of our prep even before the conference championship. We had to meet with the players and say if we win, here's what's going to happen, which coaches never want to do. But we couldn't wait because it was going to happen too fast after the conference championship game. Fortunately, we won the game, came back that night from Jacksonville. We had 50,000 people at the Coliseum in Nashville for a victory celebration and about a 35-degree temperature. And then we were off to Atlanta on a plane the next, the next morning for the Super Bowl. Just a crazy experience. There was an ice storm in Atlanta that week. And one of the things I'm writing about this week in my 33rd team article is just how all the hoopla surrounding the Super Bowl which has only gotten greater over the years. And, and it really gets almost tenfold starting, we're talking on Thursday, and today is the day that the, t- that the team families come in, the friends come in, the fans come in to, to Phoenix, Scottsdale, Glendale, and which is why the teams want to get all their game planning in the week before and, and their hard practices early in the week because they know that the distraction element is really high now that the families are in town. And that's also why a lot of teams take their players to a hideaway hotel the night before the game, because the team hotel is a zoo, even though there's ultra security there. But the fans just want to get a glimpse of Mahomes or Hertz or the stars. And it's, it's a, an exciting experience, but it's also so hectic with the tickets and with the sponsors and season ticket holders trying to figure out that that whole mix and party tickets the nfl experience the the nfl friday night commissioners party the the tailgate party on sunday really exciting time but a lot of pressure and as i said a lot of hoopla and and it, it gets even more so starting on thursday when the families come in and the, and the, and the friends and the fans, and it, it's going to be crazy in Phoenix this weekend. You, you also have the, the Phoenix open golf tournaments there. There's so much going on in Phoenix this week. It's going to be exciting, but 
ultimately it's about the game and I think the game's going to be great. But I, I do have great memories of, of the Super Bowl, especially the trip with the Titans in 2000. That was very unexpected. When we went with the Vikings my first year, I was just a, a 22-year-old assistant PR guy. I didn't know any better. I thought, hey, you go to the Super Bowl every year. It was their fourth time, I think, in whatever, seven years. This, The experience with the Titans was certainly more unexpected and, and exciting. And, and obviously, I had a bigger role in, in that doing all the planning for the game. So a lot of fun, a lot of excitement, but a lot of pressure too. I was there that week. And it was, like I said, it was a weird, it was a weird week because of the freezing rain and nobody could get around Atlanta. And, it, you know, people think, Oh, Atlanta for the Super Bowl, it'd be great. Go enjoy the sunshine. It was a miserable week in terms of weather, but it was a great game. It was a great game and you guys almost won it. And uh, of course, Kurt Warner kind of, you know, cemented his legend with with the the winning touchdown pass. But I just remember, you know, anytime I was around Steve McNair covering playoff games or Super Bowl, I, I, he just always struck me as one of the toughest quarterbacks we've ever seen. Yeah, he he definitely was, and <clears throat> very physical, able to run it. He was he was built so solidly, and and he would get nicked and wouldn't even practice for a whole week and going and play on Sunday. Very very tough guy, and and certainly uh, one of the one of the great players I've ever been around. And and just on that team, guys like Bruce Matthews was I think forty years old at the time, still playing offensive guard in the league at a high level. Eddie George, a terrific running back. Our defense was was so solid, led by Javon Curse, uh, the rookie of the year, <clears throat> and just a lot of great memories from that team, and and so well coached by Jeff Fisher. And, and as I said, uh, Steve McNair, very special guy and, and certainly one of the saddest times of, of my life when I had heard that, that he had been killed uh, several years later on the 4th of July. Very sad, th- sad thing that that happened to. Yes, no doubt about it. Uh, you know what? We're going to defer our Aaron Rodgers and Sean Payton discussions because they'll be relevant for the entire offseason. And Rodgers is going to be something we're talking about a lot for today. Let's get a final thought and a pick from Jeff. Once again, you're listening to talknorth.com. Brandon Morton is our producer. I'm Jim Suhan from the Star Tribune. Jeff, of course, former Vikings general manager and Tennessee Titans president. We also have the Viking Update show that covers the Vikings and NFL news. And uh, you can you can also check out all of our other shows, including uh, John Krasinski on the Timberwolves, Russo on the Wild, Roy Smalley, Lavelle Neal, and myself on the Twins, Mike Grimm on the Go on the Gopher podcast, uh, Dave Lee. We've added Joe Anderson to the mix. Uh, We have about four other hockey shows. We have outdoor content. Check it all out at TalkNorth.com. And thank you for listening. So, so Jeff, final thought and a pick, if you don't mind. Well, Jim, I I went into into the darkness for four days to figure out my pick here. And even though I I don't like to talk about going into the darkness for four days like Aaron (laughs) Rodgers does, but but I did. And, (laughs) And so what I came up with was, the Eagles' defense <laughs> making the difference in this game. They gave up only seven points in each playoff win against the Giants and, and the 49ers, even though the 49ers had no quarterback in the second half. And and I think that defense is just too good and will be the difference in this game, along with their outstanding offensive line, wearing down the Chiefs' front seven. I think Hurts' running ability will be a, a big factor, and that 
kind of dynamic duo at receiver between A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith. Miles Sanders, a solid running back. So I, I just think Philly is too deep and strong. I think Mahomes will keep it close because he's so great, and he's certainly capable of winning a game like this. But I'm I'm concerned about his ankle holding up an entire game when, when he's got that that great pass rushing group of Philadelphia, 70 sacks on the regular season and a bunch more in the playoffs. It's going to be really tough for them to hold up against that group. And and so I I think the Eagles win it, and I'm, I'm going to call it 30 to 24. I have bad news for you, Jeff. I agree with everything you just said. I think you, I think <laughs> you are right on. I know that's bad news for you, but uh, Eagles just have a – I mean, the Chiefs are great. Uh, great quarterback. Kelsey's great. Great coaching staff. Uh, Jones is a great player. But the Eagles just have a better team. They just have a better roster, and, and they're also incredibly healthy. For a team playing – you know, lining up now to play its 20th game – they're incredibly healthy. Hertz is really the only injury concern. He's two weeks away from winning the NFC Championship game. So I, I got to go with you. pretty much exactly what you're saying. I think the Eagles win it, and I think they just wear them down. Yeah, I think the only thing that that is, is a factor in Kansas City's favor is their Super Bowl experience. This is their third time in four years, whereas the Eagles were last there in 2017, as we well know, since they beat the Vikings in, in the NFC Championship and they have only three starters remaining from that championship team, which is Jason Kelsey, the center, Lane Johnson, a tackle, and Fletcher Cox, their defensive tackle, which speaks again to the, the great rebuilding job that, and it's not even rebuilding, it's kind of just refurbishing, shall we say, that Howie Roseman and his staff did, and Nick Sirianni doing a good job coaching this team. So... That could be a factor for Kansas City, that Super Bowl experience. It is Jalen Hurts' first time there. But, hey, he just played in the NFC Championship game. He played in big games in college. And he just doesn't seem like the kind of guy who's gets rattled in big games. He's just so calm and cool. So I'm still going Philly. Uh, good pick. I hope we're well, – I, I don't really hope we're right. I don't really root for my picks. I just want to see a great game. I think it's going to be a great game. I think uh, – both quarterbacks are so intriguing. Both offensive coaches are so intriguing. It's going to be a blast. Hey, thank you for Jeff, uh, for all of Jeff's contributions. Thanks again to White Bear Lake Superstore and Platinum Bank. Thanks again to our producer, Brandon Morton. And most of all, thank you for listening. We will be back next week to make fun of Aaron Rodgers. <laughs>